This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunners. We're back in with you guys for another show. Uh, Deary me, we're going to do this. We're going to do this show. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to talk about Arsenal's squad. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. Um, I wanted to do this show because basically it came from talking a little bit about yesterday and, of course, the Raw Reaction show on Saturday after the Liverpool game, talking about the fact that I am just a bit sick right now of looking at Arsenal and and kind of the expectations of some and seeing how we we should be like way up here. And we're actually, no, we're not. The reality is, is that we're actually here. And I want to talk about that. I want to get your thoughts, of course, as always in the chat box. So welcome. I'm glad that you're here. And if you would drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new, uh, I'd really appreciate it. But let's crack on with today's show, talking about Arsenal squad and how realistic it actually is to see how far up the table we should be. Now, kind of the crux of this comes from where we think uh, Arsenal should be, based upon the team that they have, the squad that they have, etc., etc. Where should Arsenal have been in the table after this season, thinking about everything that's happened, thinking about what's been available to us, thinking about the games that we've had, where should Arsenal be? Should we be 10th? Should we be higher than 10th? Way higher than 10th? Should we be challenging for the top four? Top four, nine points away from us right now. Should we be nine points better off in comparison to the teams that are currently around us? That's what I want to get to. That's the crux of the problem that I want to talk about. And I want to get your thoughts on who you would keep. And I've not only done the recent research, but sort of prep on this in regards to Arsenal, but also looking at the opposition sides, looking at the teams that we are coming up against and who are ultimately ahead of us this season as well. And specifically, not all of them, but the teams which have come to kind of some people and saying that how are they, how are they there? How are they, this team there? How what are they doing is better than us? Why are they where they are? And why are we here? That's that's the thing. Is that's that's why I want to discuss. That's what I want to talk about. The Premier League table at the moment is is not healthy for Arsenal whatsoever. Arsenal are sitting currently in tenth place on forty two points with Chelsea nine points ahead of us. 
on 51. That could change. We could even go 10 points if West Ham win against Everton tonight. If Everton were to win, they would then move themselves seven points away from us and still have a game in hand over us as well. It's not healthy. It's really, really not healthy to look at it like that. So what I want to do is, first of all, is I want to look at the Arsenal players that I think I'm keeping. Because kind of the, the theory around this video, the theory around discussing about actually where how good are Arsenal, what should we be expecting, I think comes from the team, the players that are available, the players that we've got. What should we really be doing? So based off of our starting, what I feel to be is our best starting at 11, the players that we've got. Now, I've not put Erdogan in this because he's not, our player and he's been here three months so I've not put him into this he would be in there um, but I can't necessarily say I'd keep him because he's not our player if that makes sense this will make sense in a second because I've played I've applied the same rules to to others as well so of Arsenal's what I feel is our best 11 right now this is this is how I think Arsenal should if we everyone was fit everyone was free everyone was available this is what I think we should be playing like with Leno, Cedric, Louise, Gabriel, Tierney as the back four, Xhaka and Parto, Smithrow ahead of them, Saka, Pepe, and then one of Laka or Aubameyang. And you could arguably say Martinelli. I didn't want to put Martinelli in here because he's barely played. We don't really know how he's come back from his injury. And Pepe just goes on that left-hand side there. For me, tell me if you'd have anything different, but that's what I feel is ultimately probably our best 11. I don't think Holding gets in above Louise this season. I don't think that... Um, Martinelli can go above Pepe necessarily this season. I don't think that there's the likes of El Nene or Sabah should be getting in there. I don't think Marie goes in over Gabriel. I don't think that Chambers or Bellerin go in there above Cedric for me personally. that That's my team. Now, the ones that I've highlighted in orange are the ones that I think that I'd keep. I'd keep Saka. I'd keep Smithrow. I'd keep Partey, Jacques, and Gabriel and Tini. I'd keep those guys based on what I see, based on how I feel right now at this moment. That's how I feel. They're the players that I'm keeping. And that's pathetic. When you look at the facts and thinking that, that six players is all I am keeping, that, that is ridiculous. And for some people, a fair few people, they wouldn't keep Xhaka. They wouldn't keep Xhaka because the amount of abuse and criticism that this guy has got from the members of the fan base, one, I think is despicable. But secondly, they wouldn't have him in the team. They would have him gone. So for some people, it would be five. <laughs> it would be five, but they might turn around and say that they'd keep Pepe or they'd keep Laka and Alba. But at the end of the day, this is all about opinions. So in terms of what I, th and, and I suppose Ansgar, thank you for pointing that out. What do you mean by keeping them? This is who I would keep in the side next season. This is what I'm saying that I would keep in the team next season. I wouldn't keep any of the players that I, and when I'm saying like, I'm not talking about the squad, I'm talking about the starting 11. Squad's a whole different thing. But the starting 11, the best 11 of the team that I think we've got, this is who I would have. This is who I would have and keep for the team next season. And then we talk about other sides. And we've got to try and get ourselves out of the mind of being snobby, arrogant Arsenal fans and put ourselves into the position of other teams and other clubs. Clubs that are above us and clubs which people have said shouldn't be. And actually look at their sides and their best 11s, which for the most part, most of them had for a lot of this season. So let's go on to Aston Villa, which is one that has been a gripe for a lot of people this season. I believe, looking from a Villa's perspective, a Villa point of view, if you're looking at a team, and I might be wrong, and tell me if I am, but this is coming from my perspective, trying to get my mind into a Villa perspective. Martinez, Matty Cash, Tyro Mings, Target, Douglas Louise, McGinn, who signed a recently a new contract, 
Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish. That's eight of their starting 11. Some people might say they keep concert because they think he's been good this season. I haven't watched enough to know. I haven't watched enough to know, so I'm not going to comment on it. I'm not going to throw myself out there. But some may say concert. Traore they signed, I don't think they would. I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm seeing a lot of you in the chat box saying that they would keep concert. So why don't we just quickly highlight concert? Why not? Because clearly we think he is good enough to be in there too. So we've highlighted concert. And the thing is, is that these are good players. These are players that I think Villa would keep. I think they're players that could arguably do a thing at Arsenal as well. You look at Cash. Is Cash better than our right backs? I think he is, yeah. I think he's been better than us this season. Is Consa better than Louise and, and Holding? I mean, from the way that people are talking about in the chat box, they're going, yes. Mings is an England international has been picked a number of times. Martinez. Martinez. Oh, Martinez. Would you play him instead of Leno? A lot of people would. I think I would personally... If it was down to a straight pick between the two, Martinez has been a better keeper than Leno this season. So you go Martinez if it was a straight decision between that. McGinn, I don't think he gets into Arsenal's team, but I think for Aston Villa point of view, they rate him very highly as a midfielder. I've not put Barkley in this team because, as I said at the start, he's on loan. He's not their player. I'm not putting him in there. Sanson, they signed him. I'm not so sure around Sanson as a player. I think that he's a little confusing to me. Is he an eight? Is he a 10? Is he a six? I'm not so sure he can do a lot of things. I don't think he gets into our team. Douglas Louise, I like a lot. I think that he would be a very good partner for Thomas Partey. I think arguably he could give Granite Xhaka a good run for his money. Not as good passing-wise, but his mobility, his defending, his uh, positional discipline has improved a hell of a lot since he's left Manchester City. Very good player. Target would be an exceptional competition player for... For Tierney, I don't think he gets in above Tierney, but he's a very, very good player and has done very, very good this season. Jack Grealish is, is, speaks for himself. Ollie Watkins has been fantastic for them this season as well. For me, this Aston Villa team, when people are saying, oh my God, how are Aston Villa above Arsenal? I'm looking at that team now and look, we're keeping nine of those players from a Villa perspective. They're keeping nine players in their team to push them up next season. This is, can you start kind of get the idea around this? Is that, the perspective of looking at these sides is a, is a good team. And I'm sorry, but there is no more arrogance anymore. We can't be arrogant. Oh, it's Aston Villa and we're Arsenal. I'm sorry. Names don't count in football anymore. Villa deserve to be where they are in the league because they have been better. Their first team has played better than ours. And that's just a simple fact. If we go on to the next one, uh, which is not Everton. We'll do that in a second. Uh, which is Everton. Everton is obviously a very kind of controversial one because Ancelotti, a lot of people would have Ancelotti at the club. Now, I've highlighted, again, a lot of players here. There's some I haven't, um, but I've highlighted nine of these. I think it's around eight and a half. The glow around Sigurdsson is not not as high, <laughs> it's fair to say. Um, I think that's a position maybe they could, they could probably change, but they spent a hell of a lot to bring him in, over 40 million quid to bring in Sigurdsson. Um, but talking about their back line, Godfrey is ultimately a centre-back that's done unbelievably well playing out of position in a right-back or a left-back position for them. Luca Dean, France international, getting into the French team over Furlong Mendy at Real Madrid right now. Calvert-Lewin is a top-class, young, Premier League-quality striker and would get into the Arsenal team without a shadow of a doubt. James Rodriguez has come in and done very well at the start of the season, trailed off 
towards the end, but it's definitely improved Everton. Richarlison has also had little bits of, has sort of had some dips this season, but again, has, has come good, scored in the, the uh, Merseyside derby really, really well there, has scored against Manchester City, has done really well, scored against Spurs as well. But he is ultimately a good player, Richarlison. I don't rate him as the 100 million bid that came in from Barcelona, but that in itself is, Gives you an idea of, of kind of how good it is. Pickford, no, nah, not having that. Pickford, just no. <laughs> just just no. Keane, again, no, not at all. And the thing is, is that their other right back, Coleman, is actually very decent. He's he's getting on a bit now, so I didn't put him into the teams. I think Godfrey has been excellent. Um, Mina at the back. Yeah, Mina's been very consistent. Scored against us, of course. He's a proper bruiser of a centre-back, but also can play out from the bat at times. When it, when it comes to an Alan and Decore have come in and been really good because they've been brought in their prime and they've come in and performed to their best kind of level because they've been play, brought in at the club kind of at the top of their careers. Um, so there you go. And as I say, George says, whilst Keane is having a good season, I'm not his biggest fan. Again, this is all down to opinions. But again... This starting eleven of Everton, with the players that they've bought in, with the form that they have had, with the, play, the players that they've played, and etc., the depth that they've still got as well, they've been better than us. They're a better team than us. <laughs> I genuinely believe they've got a better team than us. And yet, for some people, it's a shock that we're not above Everton. By name, by rights, by historic value, sure, we should be above Everton. But based upon straight facts, on paper, nah. Just, just no. <laughs> just, just, just no. Um, let's go into the next one, which is West Ham, which has obviously been a big kind of point of contention for a lot of people. Um, Fabianski is a solid Premier League level goalkeeper. We know how good he is. He's getting on a bit now and they'll probably need to replace him in a few years. But he's a solid keeper for them. Done really well since he joined from Swansea. Facts. Kufal, excellent signing from Slavia Prague. Thank God we're not playing against him on Thursday and that they signed him before that, as with Thomas Suchek, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League this season, as with Declan Rice too, also been one of the best Premier League midfielders this season. He might not be fashionable. He's an England international. They tend not to be. But Rice has, has been one of the best midfielders in the league this season pure facts. Cresswell, one of the best left-backs in the league this season, and were it not for the form of Luke Shaw and how good Ben Chilwell has been prior, probably, and probably was the best player under Frank Lampard at times and a couple of injuries, but based on raw quality, if it wasn't for those two, Cresswell would probably be in the England setup going ahead and into the Euros. Jared Bowen has also been very, very good and has given himself a shout uh, for England contention, but there's unfortunately so much quality in an England front line that Bowen doesn't really have a chance. Four now since signing um, from Villarreal has also done very well. Very versatile, a really good player, can play at 10, play on the wide position, can even play in an eight slash six role. Um, Antonio has been really good for West Ham this season as a striker. Solid striker. I don't think on paper he's better than Aubameyang and Lacazette, but he's certainly performed better than them this season. That's a fact. And Ben Rama has come in from Brentford, and it's taken him a little bit of time to get going, um, but he's he's a very very decent player. Again, these aren't these aren't being highlighted as players that I think are going to get into Arsenal's team. They're players that I've highlighted that I'm looking at from a West Ham perspective, and saying would they keep these players? If you're a West Ham fan, would you keep these players? I think they'd arguably keep Dawson. Dawson's been fantastic for them this season. That's the thing, and it's not a weak side at all. You are kidding yourself if you think that a lot of these players have not been better than Arsenal this season. It's just snobbery. It's arrogance. I don't agree with it. <laughs> they deserve to be where they are. And then they brought in Lingard, which I've obviously not included because he's not their player. 
on loan has done even better and made them better, as has Erdogan when he was brought in by Arteta in January as well. I think I did one more team and then we'll have an overall discussion about this. And the other team is Leicester. Historically, another team that are above us that you wouldn't think would be able to compete with Arsenal um, based on who they are. If you were coming from an arrogant perspective, which I don't agree with. I don't know why I did the players in red. <laughs> but I have. Um, you've got Schmeichel. You've got Pereira. I don't, there's loads of typos. I don't care at this stage. I did this. I literally had 20 minutes to put this together. So uh, apologies if there's uh, uh, typos. Um, Madison, Perez, Barnes, Vardy, Ndidi, Soyuncu, Castagna, Pereira. I've highlighted the whole team. I've highlighted the whole team. And the thing is, I don't think Perez is a right mid. <laughs> but I've put him into the team because it was putting him in there or all Brighton. You've got the likes of Justin that can come into this team that's also played there. You've got Evans that's not in here either. You've got so many players. I think Madison's actually won DSS, and that's actually just going to annoy him if I keep that the same. <laughs> what am I doing now is I'm just critiquing myself. Madison, is it? I'm sure it's. Is it? Am I going mental? I'm sure I'm going mental. Is it double D? It's double. It is double D. <laughs> I'm just. You've, you've proper set me off here. Oh god. Um, this is the thing though. The Leicester team, like, it's quality because they have continuously sold players, brought in players. That squad is a top four squad. They are, have a better team than Spurs. They have a better team as, than, than us. Fact, it's a better team than us because that's done through really good recruitment over such a long period of time. They've sold players. They've lost big key players like Maguire, like Kante, like Maritz. They've kept on losing big, big players. Chilwell's gone. And yet they've replaced them time and time and time again. And we just haven't done that. We just have not done that at all. Is We haven't replaced players we've lost properly. We haven't improved on players that we've got. And we've gone backwards. The squad's gone backwards. And only last summer did we actually bring in players that started to improve us in Gabriel and Partey. And in January, we got rid of a load of rubbish players and brought in Erdogan on loan and hopefully maybe in the summer permanently to improve us. And this is the situation. This is the situation that we have right now. Because Arsenal are nowhere near competing for that top four based on the players that are available to the coach. And this is what this video is about. It's just bringing us down to earth. It's not me saying that our target shouldn't be. It should. It should be to try and push. But if we don't get that top four, it, it, based upon what the competition is, based upon what's around us, it's not sackable. It's like we need to do so much to get in and replace. Like we need to change so much about this team. We have to change and add so many different and quality players. People just look at us. That's the thing. People just look at us and go, look, we're Arsenal and we should be up here and we're not. We're here right now and that's not good enough. And I agree with you. It's not. But that isn't solved in a year. That's not solved in one summer window. It's just not. It's just not. You need, not only do you need the team to be improving through the signings that we make, you need the team to be back in the coach. I believe they still are. 
I just think, unfortunately, the players that are back in the coach, which is most of them, aren't really good enough. I think that we've got senior players at the club that are, I've just really, I don't use the word down tools, but I just think that Aubameyang is just missing chances that are just, just really big chances that he shouldn't be missing. He's not putting in the effort in during the games. And hopefully he's going to get dropped like he did against Leicester, like he did in other games. I'm hoping he gets dropped. We should, fact, be trying to push up and try and getting into the top six. That should be the target. But the fact that we didn't make it based upon the competition that we've got, it's not an embarrassing thing for me. It's not a big shock. It isn't because finally our recruitment, finally people are starting to see that this team has been put together really, really poorly. And we have got a really, really worrying situation on our hands to deal with. And it doesn't get solved in a season. And the thing is, the funny thing is as well, is that those six players, let me just put back on the screen, our team from the start. There we go. If you joined us late, this is a team who are up there. Partey's not been available for, to us for most of the season. Tierney's been not been available to us for most of the season. Smith Rowe came into the team on Boxing Day. Saka's had some injury issues. Louise isn't going to be around for the rest of the season. Pepe can barely get in the side because when Erdegaard came in, Emil Smith-Rowe goes to the left for me. Erdegaard goes at 10. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> and <laughs> the thing is, is that we've had these issues throughout the whole season and people are just going, for me, I just don't get it. I can't get my head around the lack of context. The lack, that's, that's the word for me is it's the lack of context that I really can't get my head around that people aren't willing to accept and be like, look, you know what? It has been a rubbish year. The situation, the competition, the stuff we've had to deal with, that you're not willing to give another year to see where it goes and you're looking at what's happened this season and gone, nope, that's it. See you later. I just can't get my head around it. I really, really can't. For all the reasons I've talked about, I just can't. I just can't. Get my head around it. Um, let's get some of your thoughts. And I want to get some logistic thoughts. Um, I'm probably not going to read comments from people that are throwing in laughing emojis because I think it's pathetic. Um, <laughs> from a teacher. I think it's pathetic. Um, so if you've got some genuine thoughts, some genuine level-headed responses, whether you agree with me or whether you don't, Put them together, get them in, respond to me. We'll read through them. We'll have a discussion. I'm going to be here for quite a bit. So we're going to talk about some stuff because I just need to get just need to get some thoughts and feelings out. Whilst you are getting those in there, though, I've got something to show you, which I'm, I'm very excited about because the channel's uh, it's growing. If you follow me on Twitter, which you should do up there, I'm showing you. But things are changing. Here we go. Things are changing. Things are getting to get better on this channel soon. So I'm looking forward to using this properly. And uh, some big things are coming, guys. It's fair to say some big things are coming. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, showing you what we got in store and what's, uh, what's what the channel is going to be looking like. But it's going to start looking different. It's going to start looking good. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Let's let's get your uh, your thoughts. Uh, Red Kem says, Arteta has another season. If he's challenging top four and six, he has until winter if we are languishing in 10th to 15th. Red Kem, I'm going to come back to you with a response, and I want you to tell me your thoughts about this in the chat. If we aren't challenging for top four, top six next season, what if we are – what if what happens is, is that in the summer we add, say, 
no one that improves us. If all the teams around us also improve, what then? What do we do then? This is what I'm saying is that the focus on Arteta, I think, is so blinkered and that we need to be thinking bigger. The issue is, is that we're not recruiting well enough and we haven't done it. It needs to continue. And if this summer the focus is on the ownership, the focus is on Edu, getting in the players. If the money's there, spend it. If the money's there, get those players in. Put us in a position where we can compete. It can be done quickly. You look at what's happened to Villa. You look at the players that they've brought on. You look at them shoot up the table. You look at Everton, the players that they've brought in in their prime this season with Alan, Decore and James, uh, the, even a good young player in Godfrey. It can be done quickly if you bring in the good players and you bring in players that improve the squad. It can be done. There's no excuses. You get in those players this summer and you watch us compete better next season. Matt Thornton says, uh, at Tom, uh, how much, at, of course it's at Tom, uh, how much benefit do you think Arteta will have uh, having a full preseason? It's not even a full preseason, Matt, because the Euros are on. Um, so it's not a full preseason. I think it will still benefit them. I think, I, but to be honest, it's, we need to get business done before the Euros as much as possible, get players in. I know that certain business opens up later on in the window because of dominoes falling and certain players going to other places, and that's fine. But you still need to get some quality players in soon, get them bedded in, get them assessed, get them ready, know where they're at, learning the trade, learning the system, learning what we want from them as quickly as feasibly possible. Um, Ty Breezy says, you're saying recruitment, but if we are not going to recruit at all or correctly, then should the club not focus on getting a more experienced manager to get the most out of them? Again, this whole idea for me about experience, I think experience is one of the most overrated qualities in both players and coaches that I, I have ever seen. Because what what do you want from experience? And who out there are you looking at and going ex like experience to get more from these players? Because I look at the thing is that you can talk about managers that have gone to certain places and have got more out of that team. But I think it's because of the situation, the context of one team. Like Rafa Benitez at Newcastle, the context of that team in comparison to, to us, and by the way, he took them up to, to the province of the Premier League and then couldn't quite push them that far away. They, they need to recruit. Unfortunately, they started spending money when they got rid of him. They got rid of Rafa Benitez and then they spent 40 million on Joel Linton. Would Rafa Benitez have bought, and, bought Joel Linton? I don't know. Who knows? I, I just, I, the Rafa Benitez thing for me, I, I don't, I'm not, I just don't know what people are expecting. I haven't had anyone turn around to explain to me that this is what he would do. He would do this, this, and this without any explanation. There were statements. I hear a lot of statements, but I don't hear much explanation. I hear a lot of uh, protracted facts that people say, this is fact. This is a statement. Yeah, but uh, explain it to me. Tell me what you mean. Why is it fact? That's what I don't get. Um, Omar says, Gabriel made a flying start to the season, but has been looking shaky now. Do you think the, do you think the crap he plays with is having a negative impact on it? The, oh, I see what you mean. Uh, the, <laughs> I wouldn't have used it so insultingly to our players, Omar, but... Do I think having a, a, a Leno behind him that's, that's a bit of an issue and has a mistake in him? Yes, I do. Do you think having um, <laughs> the right-hand side, what's to the right of him, like holding, who, his distribution is not great, a right-backs who aren't great? Yes, of course. Of course I think that is, is an issue. So I'm, I'm hoping that next season, if we've got Saliba or Mavropanos going back and they can be strong, if we bring in a right-back that can be strong, if Leno can buck his ideas up, then you get that solidity together again. 
I'm hoping and praying. I also think that the, the kind of the time that Gabriel spent out of the team for some reasons had had a bit of effect on him. Um, but yeah, it's if you bring in players that are going to elevate, like you look at the impact on Granite Xhaka just by having Thomas Partey there. It is all about bringing in players that are going to have not just an individual effect, but that effect on the team that ultimately, you know, that has that team to the ability to bring the other players up. And that's what we need. Is Erdogan, I think, has that quality too. But we need it in the back line. We need it as a striker. And I don't think we have that at the moment. Emmanuel Ojo says, Big Sam has more experience than Nagelsmann. Should we go for Big Sam? Is that what you want? You want experience? Let's go for Big Sam. I mean, West Ham got experience. They went and got Manuel Pellegrini. Where did he take him? Nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely nowhere. And then did they bring David Moyes. David Moyes. <laughs> That's from his time at Real Sociedad. David Moyes. <laughs> David Moyes they bring back. And then you look at like, the way... It's just through good recruitment. It's honestly... the the. <laughs> The differences you see when good players get brought into a club over just the manager, if the manager's got better tools to work with, they do better. It's not necessarily just the tool of being the manager. If that were the case, why didn't Pellegrini do better than David Moyes is doing now? Because David Moyes has got better players because they've recruited better. It's just how it works. It's that the players are so much more important in the whole grand scheme of things. You could have a really good manager a poor club, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to drag them up. I mean, you, did you see the comment from Mourinho the other day? Same coach, different players. What at all? <laughs> oh, do you don't say that, your manager. What? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Zuluman says, most teams have been poor. This, is, this, if it was a regular season, do you think our league position would be worse than it is? Um, it's interesting we say about most teams have been poor. I actually just think that the competition in the Premier League has just got better. I think that you look at Liverpool, obviously, and the, the issues they've had at the back and the injuries they've had have definitely affected them. But I actually think it's other teams in the league getting better. You look at the difference between, like, you take away the bottom five, you take away Fulham, Brighton, Newcastle, West Brom, and Sheffield United. The relegation battler, those five, have looked really poor. Really, really poor in comparison to the rest of the league. And yet they've still been able to pick up points against some of the bigger sides. You look at West Brom <laughs> beating Chelsea, drawing against Chelsea at home. You look at Brighton nearly getting a result against Man United, nearly actually getting a result against Liverpool. But you look at the other teams, the top 15, you got Wolves down there. Obviously, like Wolves that haven't looked that great this season, but they've taken six points off us. They've won games against other top sides too. Everton have looked good, as we've talked about. Villa have looked good because the players they've brought in. I think it's just the other teams in the league are getting better. That's why it's so congested at the top of the table in terms of the race for the top four. It's so congested because everyone else is just getting better. And when everyone else is getting better and all Arsenal are doing is buying rubbish for five years, and not all of it, but have recruited poorly on the whole. And really, the only good players we brought in are Gabriel Partey and prior to that, Tierney, and then a good bit of business in Martinelli. But beyond that, we haven't done that great. When everyone else is buying consistently well and buying players that are impacting their team and making them better, you're suddenly going to go... You're suddenly, it's suddenly going to be an issue. It's suddenly going to be a problem. Um, Chris says other teams get better because they are smarter with how they spend their money. A hundred percent. Glenn Cook says a hundred percent players like Abamyang play better with fans. Interesting about the fan impact. Do we think that the pandemic has had an impact on this season? Um, 
Patrick says, referees and VAR has carried Man United this season. Well, again, more mitigating factors. Sim says, Samuel, you're deluded. Again, Sam, I don't appreciate you calling me or other anyone else deluded. If someone's got a different opinion to you, it's just because it's different. I don't understand half of the opinions is what some people say, but I don't call them deluded. I'm not going to go out there and say, I might have done about five years ago when I was, I was about to say five years ago when I was a kid, about 10 years ago when I was a kid, I might have done, but look, Let's be a bit more respectful to each other, yeah? There's no reason to be throwing out words like delusion. Look, you just have a different opinion to it. Respect it, disagree with it, move on. Iron Cub says, what is the bare minimum for you, this transfer window, as to not be disappointed? Iron Cub, the bare minimum for me is to improve the squad with significant number of players. You look at minimum four. Minimum four players. Five, maybe even six when you include backup left-back, backup goalkeeper. I want to see Arsenal, and we're going to do plenty of tactical breakdowns this summer, looking at kind of the positions, the players that we need to go for. We will do tactical breakdowns of the players that we get linked to. Um, I'm going to be putting together a tactical breakdown for the re relaunch of the channel on Ashraf Hakimi. I'm looking forward to showing you some information on that. Um, but we need to be bringing in at least four upgrades on first-team players. Right back, centre mid, attacking midfield and a forward. Four upgrades is what we need. Is that going to happen? Is that going to happen? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Track records tell you not. But maybe the hope is there that you've seen improvement in what we've done over the last year and a bit in the transfer windows that that could happen. But for me, it's a minimum of four first team upgrades and then two backups to left back and goalkeeper. That's what I'm expecting. That's not, that's not what I'm expecting. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I know is my expectation to happen. Am I expecting it to happen? I'm not sure. I don't have confidence in our recruitment setup at all. And that's a really big problem. Uh, Chris says, Tom, let's be real. Partey has been a disappointment for us so far. He has the potential to be great, but has shown it, uh, but hasn't shown it in more than two to three matches. Chris, I don't think he's had the chance to show it in more than two to three matches, especially in a row because of the injury issues. I think that you're coming from a different league anyway. He looked special when he joined and he was getting those minutes at the start and he missed so much of the season at the start of the season and then had issues again in the new year. And I do put some of that blame on Arteta for throwing him in and rushing him back against Spurs. Totally on Arteta. Wouldn't have done that. But then you've got other games where he's had to play next to El Neni and play next to Ceballos. He's effectively having to babysit these guys. I think he makes Xhaka better. I don't think he makes Ceballos and El Neni better because I think they're so poor that he has to cover for them. But I think it's harsh to say that he's been a big disappointment for us so far. I think that's a really, really harsh way of putting it personally because I think he's trying to do an impossible job because of what's ultimately around him. Again, it's like what we were talking about, what Omar was asking earlier of Gabriel. Gabriel is going to be forced into making so many mistakes because we put him in those areas. But there are times, and there's been most of the season, when he's been really good for us. We've had to rely on kids this season to drag us forwards. Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka, because all of the experienced players are just not performing. They're not performing at all. We've had to rely on our younger players to drag us through this season. And that's why we are where we are. Other teams are relying on their better players and their better players are performing. Ours just aren't. Ours just aren't. I don't put that down to Arteta wholly. I know a lot of people do. I disagree. I think that's on them. I think that's on the players. I think that's on Aubameyang. I think it's on just the players that are not stepping up. Bellerin has been really, really poor. Pepe has been poor. Lacazette has not been great for much of the season. and We've had to bring in these players to be in those positions, Sabayos, El Neni, 
not rating them at all. Xhaka, first half of the season, I thought was really poor. Second half of the season, been better. But yeah, no, it's just really, really frustrating. Really frustrating. Alex says, Mikel came in and said uh, he was going to eradicate the negative mindset from the team. The players are not giving 100% consistently, still making mistakes. Red cards can... Mikel, truly rectify it. Um, Alex, what I'll say is, again, this is one of those things that I don't think is a year thing. I don't think this is this mentality. How long have we been sitting here and saying that mentality is a problem at Arsenal? How long have we been sitting here and saying that? For that problem to be solved in a year, in 18 months, in one summer window, no. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. You are not going to solve the ingrained mental issue at Arsenal in just a year. You're really not. You're really, really not. So I have faith that you can do it. I see signs that you can do it by the players that he's moving on, the players that come out and back him in interviews. You never saw people doing that for Emery. You never saw players coming out towards the end of his tenure and saying, no, I'll back this guy. He's a great coach, blah, blah, blah. These guys trust Arteta. They want the best from him. You see, the, you see what they say about him. You see what others say about him. It's, it's going to take longer than a year. And you've got to have patience. And I get that some people don't have that because we've been patient at Arsenal for a long, long time. We've been patient at Arsenal for so long. Trust me, I'm older still than quite a lot of you. We have been waiting for a long time. And there's a lot of people that are older than me that have been waiting even longer. Um, so I know that patience is a virtue. I know that it's frustrating, but yeah. Oh, man, it's such an itchy nose. <laughs> such, I keep scratching it. So itchy when you're streaming. Um, Rhiannon. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Sorry if I haven't. He says, uh, they say, I've been uh, saying this for months now. I'm a long-time sports fan and I've watched so many big teams go through this cycle over the years. Giants fall slower, but they still fall. Oh, very deep. Very deep. Um, Zamir says, Tom, do the players really believe in Arteta? They seem to train great and then stab him in the back on the pitch. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. The thing is, is that I think that they do. I think there's, I think there's players now that do. I'm not saying that all of them. I think that some of them. Are, I mean, you see in the body language of Abamyang the situation. But again, I think that's more. To, I think Abamyang is a very obviously an introverted player. If things aren't going well for him, he internalizes them. I don't think he's the best captain. I really fr frustrates me that he is the captain because it's the worst kind of character to have as your captain. Even though I, I don't put too much stock in the idea of a captain, because I think that leaders should come from within the team. They don't necessarily need an armband to be a leader and to have that title. Um, but yeah, the players that for me aren't aren't performing, like the the Abamyangs and that, I think it's just it's more of an individual thing than looking at the actual coach. That's just my opinion. Um. Daniel Roberts says, Tom, can you do your dream Arsenal squad for next season using some sort of squad selector? Yes, we're going to do that. Some of the tactical breakdowns are going to be on that, so don't worry. They will be there. Um, Imran says, what if we had saved money by getting Willian, Ceballos and Louise and gone for an attacking midfielder properly? Where would we be? Uh, honestly, I don't. from what I know, we were basically in the summer like that we were in a situation where not much money was going to be being thrown about. So when the situation of Willian comes up and you've got a guy that's been in the Premier League and been playing at Chelsea and that Chelsea are desperate to keep him, that he was there on a free and we could get him. I don't agree with the three-year deal at all. But the idea of someone that had been in the top 10 chance creators in the Premier League last season on a free when we were lacking creation and chances, at the time it was a case of, yes, yeah, you know, I can see the thinking behind that. I can, I can understand it. With the benefit of hindsight now, 
it looks absolutely ridiculous. But I don't think, as I always say this, I'm a broken record on this. I don't think any of us expected Willian to be as bad as he has been this season. I don't think anyone expected him to be this bad and this inconsistent. And he himself has admitted that it's been the worst season for him individually. So I don't think it's a case about it's, it's easy to say with a benefit of hindsight, save money on these guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then you bring someone else in. Yeah, 100%. And I I wouldn't have extended Louise. I wouldn't have... Um, who was the other player you brought up? Sorry, I've missed the comment now. Um, Ceballos. I think Ceballos... At the, end of, at the end of last season, Ceballos and Xhaka formed a really good partnership and we didn't look like we were going to be shifting from the back three to the back four. We still looked like we were playing 3-4-3. We played it against Fulham at the start of the season and we won. And then things started going wrong. Sebas on loan was fine. It's not going to be a big financial toll that's going to affect one of your ultimate summer signings. It was a fine loan signing, basing it off of what happened last season. He was integrated into the team. It was a less risky signing than bringing in someone on loan that was just like, you know, that hadn't transitioned, that would need to transition in a year. I don't have much issue with the Sabas loan. I'd have an issue if we went out and signed him. That's what I have an issue with. But the loan, no. I don't think ultimately those three players impact Arsenal signing a, a permanent attacking midfielder at all. Uh, Matt Thornton says, would you start drafting in some of the top talents in the academy into the first team uh, for the rest of the season? I, I mean, it, not right now, because I still think things are too close. Like, you look at the next few games that Arsenal have got, we play like... I mean, let me get the Arsenal fixtures up for the next few games, because... You can't right now, at the moment, be looking. You've got Sheffield United, Fulham, Everton, Newcastle, West Brom. Those five games. I know that it's unlikely that Arsenal win all five, especially with New Everton in there. But you look at Sheffield United away. We should win that game. If we don't, Serious, serious questions. Really, really, what's going on with these guys if we don't win that game? Fulham at home. You should win that game, even though Fulham look a lot better recently. But still, you should win that game. Everton's tough. Everton have got as good as probably better than a first 11 than us. And I've done, I've looked good this season, although, again, they've dropped points at stupid moments and that have cost them Burnley, Fulham, etc. But imagine, the point is, is that the point of looking at those fixtures is that you can't, you can't, for me, throw in the kids right now because if Arsenal were in some major dreamland for, I know some people, were to go out and win and put a run of wins together in the league and all of a sudden you've got 15 points from five games against those five sides, which, you know, seems unlikely, but it's football, it's Arsenal, we know anything can happen. If you suddenly get those five wins, the league, I imagine, looks exceptionally different all of a sudden. And so that's why. No, if you start, if you end up dropping loads of points and then with like three, four games to go, you're nowhere near getting Champions League, Europa League, European football whatsoever, then yeah, sure. Prioritise the Europa League if we're still in that. And you move forward from there. So that's that's where I put, but not right now. Not right now. Uh Ansgar says, if we all uh if we win all five with lack of scoring 10 goals, would you consider giving him the 10 and making him a player manager? <laughs> uh to, to, to turn your question to something more serious, if he has a good end to the season, would I offer him a new contract? I'm still leaning towards no. Like if it's a one-year extension to protect his value, then maybe. I'm not talking about an extension of like two to three years. No, it just doesn't, for me, it just doesn't make any sense to do that whatsoever. Uh, Jeffrey says, there's only a few players who get it mentality-wise. The youngsters and a couple others, the rest are happy for a paycheck and could care less about Arsenal if push comes to shove. I 100% agree with you. We've got too many players that need to move on. Um, 
Alex says, Gary Neville's analysis of Arteta and the players having a disconnection was a good watch. Should give it a watch. I will try and find it for sure. I think that Gary Neville can be spot on with some things and absolutely miles off with others. So, yeah, I'll be interested to have a look. Um, New Tide says, I disagree. Arsenal's first 11 and squad is levels above Everton's. <laughs> They're nowhere near us in squad quality. I, I really don't agree with you, New Tide. Uh, I don't agree with you at all. Um, let's, uh, Kian uh, Reardon says, when is Daka coming? I wish, mate. Eight-minute hat-trick the other day. I know in the Austrian League, but still, he's been scoring goals for them consistently. And yeah, maybe he's someone that you should look at. Really somewhere maybe we should look at. Uh, George says, Aziz, uh, Taylor Hart and Balogun, if he stays, will be the next crop of players coming into the first team, followed by Kurjan and Patino at a later... I think Kurjan is alongside the ones you've named there. I really rate the young remaining. I think he's a quality player. Um so Catalan Kurjan definitely uh, up there. And Balogun, I think he's gone. I think he's going. He would have signed by now if he was staying. He's gone. Gone, 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 uh, which is a shame. But, you know, we move. We move. Uh, Chris, if we spend big on Erdogan this summer, we will have learned nothing in the transfer market. It depends by big, Chris. I think that a 30 to 40 million pound bid, if that gets accepted, which I'd, I think would be a push, Erdogan. I think that's good business, mate. I really, really would, would go for Erdogan. I think he's the characteristics that we need, the quality that we need, the potential that we need in a player that's 22. He's the, he's the prime player that I've been looking for from a 24 to 27-year-old in a 22-year-old in those characteristics. So I would 100% go out and, and sign Erdogan, Chris, 100%. Douglas says, uh, you are right, Sam. It is the mentality. Sanya said it on Charles Watts' podcast that he had to leave because he felt like he'd play when he wouldn't deserve it. Wow, that's that's bad. I need to listen to that pod. Um, New Tide says, should Arteta be given a new contract already? No, he shouldn't. Uh, we should wait a year minimum. If we're still where we are now and we've spent money in the summer window, then no, you don't renew the contract. And you say, look, process hasn't worked. Let's go on to the next one with the next coach. But no, you don't. Even if, if, you, if, if he was to win the Europa League and get into the Champions League, I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't give him a new deal if he was to win the Europa League. Some people I know have said that they would. I personally wouldn't give him a new contract if he won the Europa League. I'd still wait that year. Some people would say that, wow, if he wins the Europa League, that's an amazing achievement. And you're going to start seeing clubs looking like they want to get him and you should tie him down. But I just think the league is still exceptionally important. The Europa League to win that is an unbelievable achievement getting Arsenal back into the Champions League, no matter how it's done. No matter how it's done with the squad that we've got, with how we've been this season, if we win the Europa League, it'll be one of the biggest achievements of the last couple of decades. Mm, maybe not last Yeah, Last decade and a half. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, arguably the biggest achievement of the last decade and a half. Um, so I think that when you look at what that would mean, getting back into the Champions League, what it could do for the summer as well, it's huge. But the league is really important. Where we place in the league and where we compare to our rivals is really important. And right now, I think that I genuinely think that the amount of point difference between us and, I mean, you look at the Premier League, we're, we're nine points off Chelsea. Is this squad about nine points off Chelsea? Yeah, probably is. Probably is about nine points off Chelsea. Um, is it seven points off Liverpool squads? I think that arguably that's a smaller gap than I expected. Um, 
West Ham are a bit of an outlier, even though I do think the squads, the, the team's very, very good. Everton in and around with the same as those guys, but obviously they play two games less than us. But I think when you look at the teams that we're, we're usually looking at, are we nine points off Chelsea? Yeah, I think we are. Are we are we seven points off Spurs? That's, yeah, I'm not sure, so much sure about that. I think that their, their team is better than ours, but maybe not seven. At this point, we'll have a look at the end of the season. We'll, again, we'll regroup, we'll rethink, we'll have an assessment of it all. But uh, I think there's a lot more football still to play, so we'll see what happens. Um, Chris says, Tom, you're missing the bigger picture of our transfer mistakes if you think we should continue spending big on singular players. Chris, listen to me. I'm not talking about spending big on just Erdogan. I'm talking about going into this summer, doing right business instead of in, in terms of moving players out, getting a serious amount of money through player sales, because that's probably going to be our biggest driver. Erdogan is not a singular player. I'm talking about spending 30 to 40 million pounds on four players. And I know that seems like unrealistic, beyond imagining, but that's what we need to do. That is what needs to happen. Will it happen? Probably not. But that is what needs to happen. I have sat here a year ago, two years ago, and said, look, it's ridiculous. Arsenal can't do this. Arsenal can't spend this money. And the reality will probably be that, that we can't. But that doesn't change the fact that we need to. We need to spend 30 to 40 mil on players that upgrade on the players that we have. That's what we need to do. And it's not, it's not a fantasy in my mind. If you sell enough players, if you get investment from the owners, which is a big, big question mark, huge question mark, the biggest question mark. If those things happen, 100%, that's what we need to do. So for me, Chris, I don't think I'm making the biggest, um, I don't think I'm missing the big picture. I think I am, I think you are misinterpreting what I believe by signing Erdogan and what that represents for me. Signing Erdogan for 30 to 40 mil is one of four positions, including a forward, a centre mid, and a right back, in addition to some savvy pieces of business. Probably a Bertrand or Van Arnholt as a free at left back and maybe signing Matt Ryan as, as backup keeper. We need to be savvy, but we need to be ruthless in the market. Absolutely. And I'll be I'll be gutted if we don't end up bringing in three to four upgrade first 11 players in the summer. I'll be, I'll be gutted because, and I'll be let down by Arteta because of the things that have been said and what clearly needs to change. I'll be frustrated by that. If we renew Lacazette, if we renew the likes of El Nenny and don't bring in a centre mid, if we if we renew El Nenny and bring in a 30 to 40 million mid and El Nenny's basically just covering for Ceballos' departure after ending his loan, I'm okay with that. But if we renew El Nenny and don't bring in a centre mid, oh, there's no, what are you doing? Seriously. That's, that's the issue. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, let me just scroll up to see if you replied. Uh, we should definitely be looking at players like Suchek and Decore who can outperform their transfer fees. Decore, no, not now. He's not going to go and he's he's of a certain age that I wouldn't sign him. Because um, I think he's what? Unless I'm absolutely talking about my ass. Uh, 28. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's going to leave at 28. I'll, I'll take that back regarding would I sign him. I would sign him. But I don't think you're going to get him from Everton for unless for a huge fee. Um, but Suchek, Yeah. So here's West Ham. He's 40 million quid and we'll have Suchek. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 
He's he's 40 million quid and Joe Willock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what you want. 40 million and Joe Willock. Um, Patrick says, Veghorst, um, I wouldn't sign him now. I, I don't think he suits the system that we want. I don't. I just disagree with it. I utterly disagree with it. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, Alex says, Tom, do you think there's any truth in the Hakimi? I think there's maybe truth in it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's truth in it. Um, but I'm going to do a tactical breakdown specifically on Hakimi very soon. So uh, we'll, we'll cover that soon. Um, bu -bu 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 -bum. South, Lions finest, South London's finest B says, is Arteta getting the maximum out of our squad though, Tom? Or is it that the team has run its course? I think there's. I think he could get more if he picked different players. <laughs> I think if he didn't play Lacazette and Aubameyang together, if he didn't... Um, if he had a pit El Nini over Blumin Ceballos against Liverpool, maybe it would have been a bit better. Um, if we hadn't have played Bellerin for so long, and if he actually started Cedric over Chambers, which I really don't get why he hasn't done that more, especially with Tierney. I get that. I, yeah, I don't really get that one. Should have played Cedric. Cedric was on form. I don't know why he didn't play Cedric. Um, and I'm not just saying that for Cedric squad reasons, but yeah, I don't get that. Uh Yeah. I mean, I, I have my criticisms of, going back to kind of Hakimi, I have my criticisms of him in terms of like what he could do defensively. But if we have a solid enough defence, if you say Saliba comes back and genuinely is as good as he could be, a right centre-back, and then you've got um, Gabriel left centre-back and Tierney, and you put Hakimi at right back, and you add another really good centre midfielder, so you have even more cover that you can afford to play and attack him right back like Hakimi. I'll I'll wait and see what it's like, and I'd love to see if it would work. I still think there's issues with it, kind of defensively, and the 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 vulnerabilities that Hakimi would bring. I'm open to seeing. I'm more open than I was, just because I think that, that that is obviously an upgrade on our right back positions. I would just personally prefer like an Emerson, an Emerson from Betis, who can do both, or a Mukiele. Uh, RB Leipzig, I don't think they either of those two will happen. But if Hakimi's possible and Emerson and Mukiela are not possible, then yeah, and we can do it. And when I say we can do Hakimi, I mean him being one of four, including Erdogan and two others in centre mid and forward, then yeah, 100%. Do it. Do it all day long. Uh, Machiavelli says Mariano Diaz is a striker for us next season nope doesn't upgrade on what we've got uh, Justin says what happened to Sabahs he was decent last season but the two to three months he has been shocking I think honestly Justin I think he suited the 3-4-3 three, three. I think he needed the three centre-backs I think he suited playing in that role alongside Jacker because um, he had the wing back to the right of him and a forward on the right hand side I think that's why I don't think the system suits him at all um Utai says, I thought Emerson was a Chelsea. He was, but there's another Brazilian, although Emerson is an Italian at Chelsea. Um, but has he got Brazilian roots? You... I'm going to check that because otherwise that's going to really bother me. Does he have Brazilian roots, the Chelsea Emerson? Yeah, he was born in Brazil. Okay, there you go. Um, so, yeah, there's two, there's two uh, Emersons. One's Brazilian, one's now got Italian citizenship, but I'd get the Brazilian Emerson from, from Betis. Oh, dearie me. Zamir says, 40 million on the right back side. Yeah, I mean, Man City went out and signed two of them for 50. <laughs> so, there you know, there you go. Um, Alex says, Tom, would you be happy with Basuma, Hakimi and Erdogan all as permanents? Would I be happy, Alex? Mate, Alex, I would be ecstatic, mate. I'd be absolutely off my nut if we did that. That would be unbelievably good business. Do I see it happening? I hope so. I really hope so. But I just don't know. 
I just don't know. Um, oh, dearie me. Uh, Michael says, to be fair to Sabas, he hasn't been playing much lately as well, so it might be a bit off uh, of form, that he's actually more of a 10 than he is a DM. I think he's more of an 8 than he is a 10. Um, 88 says, Hakimi will be good. No fullback comes as a complete package at his age. There is so much raw potential and rest can be coached. He will develop into the role we want. He's only 22. It's a good point. Lee says, sure, it's a left back we need more than a right back. Tierney is injury prone. We don't. Yeah, 100%. Priority, back up left back, then starting right back. I agree with you, Lee. But we need both. <laughs> we need both, mate. That's that's the issue. And I'd be going out and, as I say, getting Bertrand and getting Van Arnholt for free. Then we can focus finances on upgrading the starting eleven. If it's a player that you're not putting into the starting eleven, don't spend big. Don't waste that money. You be savvy. Spend little on the players that aren't going in the starting eleven, and spend big on the players that are. We've for too long. We've brought in players for big money that are not really better than what we got. If we're honest. We've done it for a long, 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 long time and we need to stop because we brought Lacazette for 50 million and then we brought another striker in Aubameyang for 50 million when we should have just signed Aubameyang for 50 million or one or the other. Like That was a waste of money bringing in both of those. We should have targeted one of those. Socrates for 16 million didn't improve on our centre-back situation. Mustafi for 34 million didn't improve on our centre-back situation. We, it just didn't. We need to spend money. Spending money on Tierney, on Partey, on Gabriel, all of those have improved on what we've got. That needs to continue. But for too long, we've spent money, too much money on positions that didn't, that wasn't better than what we had. It's just it's pure and simple. I mean, thinking about who was on our right-hand side before Pepe came in. I can't even, I mean, I think, like, you think about Theo Walcott, how long he was at the club. Has Pepe given more than Theo Walcott gave? I don't know. <laughs> I really, really don't know. Did that improve on what we got? Well, that's 72 million on a player that doesn't get into our starting 11. This is the problem that we've had for so long, and that's why we are where we are. You had a Wobi. Thank you, Redcap. A Wobi. I mean, has. Yeah. It's just. It, Pepe's given us more than a Wobi, but it's not, it's not 72 million pounds worth of more, is it? Is it? Mkhitaryan, is he given way more than Mkhitaryan gave us? Not really. Um, I hope he does. I hope he turns things around and smashes it, but I don't think he's given us way more than, than he has done. Uh, Glenn Cook says, I'd take Theo over Pepe and Harpy. <laughs> um, Christopher Fung says, Tierney and Gabriel are two players in the range who we should be spending on. Partey, Aubameyang, Lacquer and Pepe are not the range of players we should be buying. Um, I assume what you mean by that Chris, is players that are like young, early 20s that are better than what we've got and that we can get for like 25 to 35 million pounds. I'm assuming that's what you mean. And I would agree with you if they're upgrades. That's the thing. Is that, That's, that's the, the, the bottom line for any signing of a starting 11 player. It has to be an upgrade on what we got. And depending on how much it costs, a significant upgrade, that it improves it, that it progresses us. That's just how it is for me. Antonio says, Tom, do you think Basuma and Partey would be good enough for our midfield? What if both get injured? Which players could come in? Honestly, this is why, Antonio, that I'm not selling Xhaka. This is why I'm keeping Xhaka, because if one of Partey or Basuma or whoever we sign at centre gets injured, Xhaka is a fine guy to come in. I don't care what you think about him. He is fine to come in. And he's solid to come in. Samara is a good example. Yeah, sure. Samara would be good. I'd take Samara. Um, 
Russ says we can't improve by selling our better players. Exactly. So that's why we have to keep Jacker. <laughs> um, Matt G says, what's your unpopular Arsenal opinion? Mine is that I don't think Emil Smith-Rowe will make it at this club. Wow, Matt, that is a big unpopular opinion. I don't know if I have I mean, my unpopular opinion has always been Granite Xhaka, I suppose, mate. Granite Xhaka is our most important player. Is that is That's probably an unpopular opinion. <laughs> Ed says, our team malaise has gone on for long enough that, that we may have to overpay to get those solid £25 million rated players. They will have offers from teams they may see as better options. Dominic says, there is a disconnect between the managers and the players, according to Gary Neville. Thoughts, Tom? You always air my comments, Lyle. Um... I don't think it's as I haven't seen the specific comments, so I can't ask. But on the on like an accusation that there's a disconnect between the players and the coach, I just don't think much of the squad, which has been the focus of today's video, I don't think the squad is good enough to enact Arteta's plans yet. Yet is the key word. I don't think it's, they're good enough yet. I don't think we've got enough players that are good enough in the squad to enact our, what Arteta wants. Is is how I would answer that. I don't think it's necessarily a disconnect. I just don't think they're good enough. Half the players, I just don't think they're good enough. Um, Machine says, would you sell Saka if it means we're getting Basuma, Erdogan and Neto? No, I wouldn't. Um, Yonick says, no, that's a popular opinion because our fan base's standards have gone down the drain. <laughs> oh, Yonick, never change, never change. Um, do, 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 do. let's scroll and find out a couple more and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, Machiavelli says, do you think the Pepe will be loaned out next season to make way for a new right? If he's loaned out and not sold, that's another problem with the club. You don't loan out a 72 million pound player. You sell him and get as much as you can do if he's not good enough. Victor says, if you think Aubameyang is poor as a left wing and should be sold ahead of Laka, then try playing Lacazette as a left wing and then make a fair judgment. Yeah. It's, it's a fair shout. I mean, and we've invested in Abamyang in terms of a new deal. Between Lacazette and Abamyang, you keep Abamyang because you know that he's got a greater goal output across a season and should be played in a central striking role. And you sell Lacazette. Like you, that is what you do. It's just, for me, that's just clear at this stage. Absolutely clear. Um, new title says, Edu used to be a B-team player. And he was still better than Jacaranda and Ceballos. <laughs> AD8 says Basuma and Bruno from Leon. Uh, Gil, uh, Gimaraish, uh, the, the Brazilian centre midfielder. Yeah, he's, re he's really good. Hakimi is right back. Mikalen Mikalenko. Uh, you, someone's been reading my player profile <laughs> as a backup left back. Maybe another centre forward. If we could get Mikalenko, um, then yeah, 100%. Dinamo Kiev left back, Ukrainian international, can play as a left back, can play as a left sided centre back cover. Yeah, 100%, I'd go for him. Young player, I think I think maybe he would come as well. So, yeah, I think that's a really good shout, ADA, 100%. Um, yeah, there we go. I think that's going to wrap up. We've gone for over an hour now, uh, and I didn't intend to. So, there you go. There's a lot of content for your Monday afternoon. I'd really appreciate if you could drop a like, guys, on the video if you're here and you've enjoyed the discussion and the chat. Even if you've not agreed with what I said, this is all about opinions, and uh, I read out as many as I can. The ones that disagree with me, the ones that agree with me, we read them all out and we get your thoughts. So, uh, yeah, drop a like, subscribe if you're new. We're back tomorrow. I'll be joined by Craig from the same old Arsenal. It's at 5pm. Uh, 
tomorrow UK time talking about this and a lot more. Uh, we have a good chat, me and Craig. Uh, we did last time and we did it, so I'm looking forward to that. Wednesday will be the preview. I'm going to be joined uh, by a Czech football expert, Martin Veit, uh, from a Czech football uh, sport television station to have a chat about Slavia Prague. We're going to get into how good they are, the issues surrounding the alleged racism as well, and uh, look ahead to the game, most importantly, as well. Also, what will be happening is that straight after the game, you'll be joining me here for the Raw Reaction Show as well. You can follow us at Laguna Talk TV on Twitter and myself at Tom Canton Media on Twitter. So make sure you do subscribe, like, all of those good stuff. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys. Chatbox, you've been absolutely fantastic as you always are. I'll see you in the Discord server members. And if you'd like to join them, you just press that join button as well. And you can help support the channel and make some really fantastic stuff happen. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the arse. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. And even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.